Ready to start the show? I'm ready. Here we go. Welcome back to the Arvinda Show. Might rename it to the Crusoe Show. Today's guest is one of my longtime friends, Jennifer Ibsen. She is a personal organizer and style consultant and many, many other lovely things based out of East Bay, near Berkeley, in the beautiful, beautiful California. And um, this is the first time I've had somebody on the show that I know really, really well. I think it's the first time. So it's just, um, it's a real treat. Jennifer, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Andrew. This is so lovely. I'm excited. I've loved your podcast uh, and think it's a sweet medium. Uh, oh, and yeah. just getting to talk to you for two hours is always so delightful. Two hours? What? <laughs> oh, I thought we were, I mean, I don't know. You'll probably cut stuff out, but I'm excited <laughs> to get to talk to you for two hours. <laughs> I blocked out an hour, but you know, we can, uh, I don't know. I don't have anything else in my... Uh, roll with it. Yeah, we're going to roll with it. So so what I do, what, what had happened was I typically have a pre-show and then I decide where I'm going to cut it. And then mm-hmm. if someone says something uh, that doesn't flow or something right. that doesn't make sense, sometimes I'll do a little bit of editing, but I really try not to do that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So this this third this is the third season technically of of Aravinda show and this season and I didn't really get to it in the other episode that I've recorded so far of this is I'm really um just really light topic uh talking about what life means to you the meaning of mm-hmm. life and the meaning of doing meaningful work <laughs> I'm going to try to edit the show less so I may say things that don't flow perfectly mm-hmm. So you've you've had an interesting journey because I know you I believe you you studied like international studies didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went in as a bio major, and there's a lot of stories baked into that whole situation. But yeah. I did end up with an international environmental studies major. I loved traveling, mm-hmm. and I thought I'd get to learn about different people in different countries within that program. It's, it's, it's kind of funny because I know a fair amount of your story, but so I'm going to, I'm going to try to like leave a lot of space, do some yin listening and not be so yang making things happen, which is something that I'm learning and getting better at. And now you sent, spent some time in France, was the, was the France trip part of that? And, um, a second part of that would just be like, yeah, I'd love to hear how that led you to doing something that wasn't part of your degree, Uh, which is uh really, really common these days. And I think it's totally fine. Uh Yeah, it didn't feel fine at the time. It was like, I felt like a failure. Um, But it's been sort of nothing but gifts. At least that's the way that I, the attitude that I have and the the feeling. It's beautiful. Oh, it's so good. It's just a much more useful and fun way to experience things, I would say. But uh, you know, I, I had, I got lucky. I had a lot of help. Um, and here I am. Yeah. Uh, France <laughs> definitely was a turning point for me though. Um, how long were you there? I, uh, 10 months. That's so. a long time. It was solid. It felt great. I lived with a host family, um, mm. which was a big part of my experience. And my best friend came out, uh, and mm-hmm. lived in the same city and did the same program. We went to different, uh, universities mm-hmm. this is my high school best friend mm-hmm. uh we oh, went to bet. different she's lovely yeah she's so great um and we both studied french and it just happened that our our universities had a program in the same city and so we decided to study abroad together so we lived a couple blocks apart and had host families that were friends and it just all sort of seemed uh yeah sort of I don't, yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to like, uh, skip over too much, but I kind of want to foreshadow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The foreshadow question would be, ha, did you ever imagine that you would be helping people and businesses get clarity on their space? Like you're, you're, you're a professional organizer, obviously the current, hopefully temporary global uh, mm-hmm. pandemic. I don't want to date this show, but obviously the <laughs> pandemic has changed everyone's nature of their business somewhat. Yeah. But um, did it, when you were doing that, did you have any inkling that you enjoyed um, 
that kind of work and and not to say that you'll you know you have mentioned offhand that that's not necessarily your life's work and that's okay but Mm -hmm. just talking about where you are now did you have any inkling when you were when you were in school or after that it was something that you enjoyed doing I'm curious what the genesis of that was Mm -hmm. that's a good question you know I there were flashes along the way but they were very very like subtle and subconscious like when I was, I remember probably in late middle school, a close friend said, you know, you could do this for a living if you weren't smart. <laughs> and I was like, late middle school. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's been a thing, you know, I organized, I organized my friend's closets and their parents, you know, coffee tables. And I was constantly rearranging my room, like every couple of months, even if it was like a weird, worse rearrangement. I just loved how (laughs) different it felt and how different I felt. It was just like, I'm sort of a, I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm an adventure junkie because I'm honestly kind of risk averse, but I love. You tell an interesting line. Growth. I do. Yeah. It's it's interesting. You know, they, I feel pulled in different directions of like comfort and safety and, completely new horizons so uh there were there were signs i would say uh, a good a girlfriend's mom actually became an organizer a couple of years before i did um and i was like wait a second you can do that for work that's cool and i did it in college i did like uh kind of for pennies randomly i just got like a craigslist gig and i organized somebody's house a professor ah. um and it was super fun um And I was good at it, but I didn't work with her. And I realized that I really wanted that in, and it's just a huge part of what I love about the work that I do. Um, You know, there's the kind of counseling aspect. It's relational. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's something so tangible and something that I just happen to be naturally good at. But there are plenty of things that I'm not naturally good at. So I have a ton of like (laughs) compassion and empathy. I'm not sitting there judging people being like, wow, you are so messy. I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel the pain of, like, I can't do this. And I really can tell that my life would be better if things were different in this area. So it's super rewarding. And, yeah, when I was in France, uh, I think I was still grieving the loss of this, like, plan of Mm. becoming a doctor. um, Mm. Because that had been my plan. And uh, when I got into school and was pursuing those classes and stuff, I just, I could tell. You know, it was just like a... I got feeling that it wasn't right. And, but it was a huge sort of identity shift that I didn't know how to deal with or handle. So that mm. was France. And, and there are a fair amount know. of people in your family who are doctors, as I recall. Uh, there's more than one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both of my parents are family practice doctors and they were, I mean, you know, they're so sweet. They just, they are, mm-hmm. I got lucky. They're really amazing people. And they were like, we just want you to do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and please don't be a doctor. That's <laughs> like mm-hmm. basically what they said. I did know that, and, but I didn't know how much you wanted mm-hmm. to reveal. Oh yeah, I don't mind at all. So <laughs> yeah, totally. So uh, you actually felt initially, and this makes a lot of sense, right? We feel uh-huh. uh, um, sometimes, I mean, I remember when I was in middle school, people asked me what I wanted to do. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, being a machinist sounds cool. My dad was a machinist. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is neat. You get to you get to work with, you get to do like a little bit of programming, just a little bit, and you get to make a thing and it pays well. And I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. So I think mm-hmm. it's really natural to, at least as a kid, be like, oh, well, you know, I, what my parents do seems pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Did you, was it kind of like that or was it, was it kind of a different, did you feel like there was an assumption at any point? I don't really remember. I, mm-hmm. I think I didn't, I knew that I didn't want to do what they did mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it might take some time for me to like really articulate why, um, but they, they were on call a lot, mm. which meant they had to get up at five in the morning to see their patients in the hospital, um, they, their patients from the clinic. And then they'd be up super late doing work and they just seemed really burnt out. <laughs> like, uh, they still do. And they're mm-hmm. just, they're so hardworking and dedicated. And, you know, with the things that they say about, the field of medicine just aren't that flattering of like, it's just become so uh, corporate isn't quite the right word, but like not patient centered for profit. Um, yeah. For profit. And it's just, yeah. it's hard for the practitioners who really care. 
um, which is pretty much most of them. And, but I wanted to be a doctor without borders because I just, you know, I'm really empathetic. I was like, wow. When, when I just sort of, when I, as soon as I knew that it was a thing, I was like, that's what I want to do. Like I can travel, I can see new cultures and meet different people and be of service. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just, it sounded ideal. And then. So you started moving toward Doctors Without yeah. Borders mm-hmm. as a future. Yeah, that was that was the plan. When yeah. I was about 14 when that just sort of clicked into place. And I love having a plan. Wow. It almost never turns out the way I think it will or plan. Um, how would it like, be interesting if it did? <sighs> I know. It really <laughs> would be so boring. Um, so 14. I'm glad that plan didn't work out, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, actually the same person who started an organizing business, my friend's mom, she gave me a map like a world map that she got in the mail from doctors without borders and she was like hmm. uh my like high school and you know pre-college people call me jenny she was like jenny i think you'd really like this and i was like oh thanks i was kind of flattered and i was like what's doctors without borders and i looked into it and i was like oh. it just it felt sort of like like a sign or some kind of like not the kind of thing that i really believed in at the time i don't even know if i do now um but yeah, like some kind of omen, some kind of like, hmm. yeah. Believe in as a, as a, as a step on your path, you mean? Uh, believe, no, believe in like, it just, it felt kind of like destiny. Like there was some kind of un, unseen hand that was like hmm. brought the map to me. Mm. It it had that kind of like sacred feeling to it. Um, wow. which was cool, which was really cool. <laughs> and you know, and then I did nothing like that, but yeah. You did, and you figured that out. Did you figure that out in college? Were you? Yeah, it was the year before I went to. Yeah, yeah, it was the year before I went to France. Actually, I was living in a dorm called the French House, um, and it was just for like French nerds. And that's in Madison, right? mm Mm-hmm. Yep, at UW Madison, it was awesome. It was a really cool experience. Um, I recall you talking about the French House. I don't know if I mm -hmm. ever went there. No, you wouldn't have because I did that before I went to France and then I met you the year after I came back from France. Right, that's right. Um, and didn't really visit it much afterwards. Um, I recall you mentioning it, though. It mm-hmm. rings a bell. And mm-hmm. the, it's, it's just, just a strong shared interest in French culture and language. Exactly, yep. And there was also this component of like... um it there was there it has its own like kind of tiny dining hall and there was a chef and like a i think there was breakfast every morning and dinner every night and you did your own thing for lunch if i remember correctly and you were uh wow fancy essentially required to speak french at all times there except for on sundays and in your room so it was like <laughs> a, a, a way a, a way to practice mm-hmm, voila so <laughs> It, the real thing that I got out of it was like I got better at being really bad and like was less embarrassed to be bad. And that definitely Just bad in general or bad at speaking French. I'm kidding. At speaking <laughs> at speaking French. Bad I'm bad at being bad. I get so frustrated. Um but So you're And you're, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I was good at being bad, but I was better than I'd been before I lived there. It reminds me of doing Vipassana the meditation mm. you you, you mm-hmm. start out doing something and you i was convinced that i was the worst person who's ever done this ever <laughs> it's like that's it there's been like what 30 billion human beings that have basically been homo sapiens sapiens and i am i am at the bottom of people who have done this and, <laughs> and part of part of i think part of personal growth and we'll probably touch on this is that self-acceptance and being loving to yourself and being patient mm. and mm-hmm. the funny thing and you may you probably notice this too when you get a bit better at self-forgiveness and self-patience it also not only does it extend to others but it also kind of speeds up your learning a bit oh my gosh <laughs> it's so true the more i can chill out yeah. the more fun i have and the faster i can learn it's so paradoxical like it's like yeah. a Malcolm Gladwell thing. It's like every yeah. other, every other page just turns out, but yeah. it's true. It's true. <laughs> I, I like him though. He's great. If he ever wants to be He's on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> next next time I run into him, I'll be like, "Hey, my friend has this awesome podcast. You're, I think like 
I think it, it would really boost your like boost your book sales. To yeah. this podcast. You're, you're, you're very close to a lot of famous people. I don't want to like reveal too much. You're very mm-hmm. close, you're in the proximity of a lot of people who I respect mm-hmm. a lot, who, mm-hmm. who, who will, who, who God knows if they'll ever return my emails. Mm-hmm. That's really the mm-hmm. whole point of me writing books. I just want to get famous enough to, to have a lunch with Weird Al Yankovic. That's it. He's like my hero spirit animal. Like, I feel like there's... <laughs> it's like I'm reading this book or was... I, I started a book club right before uh, the, you know... The pandemic. The pandemic put everybody uh, at home indefinitely. You, you started and... an in-person uh, touchy-huggy-feely uh, book club. Mm, yeah, the that good kind. nice. It was sweet. It was this book called Designing Your Life uh, by a couple mm. guys who teach a class at Stanford that uses design principles to kind of like figure out where you're stuck and is just like a new model or a different model than design probably most people use. Yeah. We could put that and in the show notes. That's actually in my Amazon wish list too. Yeah, it's good. Um, but the book club didn't survive the mm. pandemic. So mm. I kind of stopped reading it, but there's this really cool exercise that I just am excited to do, but haven't been able to get myself to do on my own. Do tell. Which is, it's like, there's a little bit of sort of pre-work that you do, but um, the the essence of it is you plan out three different, different like life <laughs> paths um, for, you know, you kind of try to get the next five years down. Um, oh God, and, the dream. But... Yeah. So like life one is like what you're doing right now. The thing you like kind of expect to happen that you're planning to do if you have a plan anyway. So mine is, um, you know, I have this business that I love and am continuing to, uh, put a lot of effort in. Um, -hmm. but the other main thing that I'm doing is I'm actually, um, working on applying to grad school, Mm -hmm. uh, in clinical psychology and I'd like to eventually work with kids. So that's the quote unquote plan. Mm -hmm. And then you, the kind of like, I could totally see you doing that incidentally. Thanks. Oh, that that feels really good to hear. Um, I've known you for like, like at least 10 years. It resonates so much. (laughs) I'm very excited. I'm actually, and you've mentioned that to me before, but just as an aside, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Mm. As long as you're, Sweet. you know, as long as it's considered, it continues to be your path with the heart, as long as you resonate yeah. with that. But I could definitely yeah. see you doing something like that. Thanks. You know, there's, there's an aspect that I do want to explore and I expect that I'll do it concurrently, which is that I can tell that there's an element of like wanting status, like a high, higher status job. Um, and going and getting a PhD would basically get me that. Like, I remember learning about PhDs when I was a kid and being like, I want that. And it's, wow. I mean, I... Even as a kid. As, oh, as a kid. Yeah, totally. Uh, I wish I knew more about the Enneagram because I'm sure <laughs> there's lots of stuff that kind of like <laughs> explains <laughs> that through my personality. Um, but... I feel so, like we should mention know, your Zoom meeting and stuff because 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 oh, you do yeah. this you do this um is it four days a week or three days now a week? it is yeah it was six and I you know I was like okay cool so yeah. that's um the typical overachieving bite off more than I can chew I love that thing we're gonna dial it back <laughs> a little so it's yeah Monday through Thursday mm-hmm. from five to six p.m. PST. Um, I host that specific on standard Zoom. time. That's a, that's mm-hmm. uh that's a what was that three hour difference from uh, Eastern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's also yeah, a three so hour difference from Hawaii, where I am. In the other direction. And, and it's free. Yeah. and it's great. Mm-hmm. Everybody should check it out. I can put a link in the. In the yeah, uh, I, I, I love. Probably the best way is for them to see your Facebook. I would think are those sure. posts public? You know, I tried to make them public, but. I couldn't tell you for sure if they are or not, but if they're not, we can find out and I can probably switch the setting on it. Oh yeah. I can show you if you have trouble with that. It's, it's really, but yeah, cause it's so fun and there it tends to be overlap in these kinds of things. People interested in this kind of show, I think would mm-hmm. really enjoy the zoom call. You can just pop in and out. It's kind of a social distancing support thing and we work on projects and mm-hmm. we learn a little bit about the Enneagram, which is uh, <laughs> sort of like the Myers-Briggs, except it's nothing like the Myers-Briggs test inventory and there's it's all these numbers and, yeah. and uh, you get a wing, 
You get you get a mm-hmm. wing. You get, you get a major. A everybody wants a wing. I want. To, I would rather have two wings. You told but... you told me that I was a certain number. I don't want to reveal the numbers yet. You told me mm-hmm. I was a certain number with a wing of another number, and I was like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know what a wing is, but I feel like I know. if you get yeah. a, it's like if you go to school, you get a minor in something. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. It's like that. Yeah, okay. it's like that. Mm-hmm. I'm a two wing three, although. Uh, See, I got to read. People who are that. learned it in the Enneagram mm-hmm. uh, have questioned the three wing and think that I may be a wing one. Oh, they talk so, to you and they go, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly, exactly. They're like, oh, that's surprising. I observe this in you, and you know, it's just it's just another fun way to like look at uh, some of your default stuff, and it just happens to be very accurate for me, um, and I'm a fan. Do you feel that your personality or even your Enneagram, which I am just mm-hmm. beginning to misunderstand mostly, um, do you feel <laughs> do you feel that it it, 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 it it lends itself to the kind of work that you t- that you tend to do with with um, and I didn't know you but you did it in middle school. That's like that's awesome. To yeah. Um, is you know because you're going into like businesses to you. You know you have like kind of like big wig people that would be like yeah, going and you like change the way they interface with their space. Yeah. Uh, there's just so much cool stuff that I think can happen when you go through all of your physical belongings and let go of the things that you don't need anymore and don't use. And like the kind of psychic weight that's lifted, the processing it, I mean, it can be challenging and exhausting, but like the, the space is created. You get to do whatever you want with it. You know, you, right. you like, it's just kind of pure possibility. And I feel it, you know, people like do all kinds of wild stuff. Like they find money, and they get a relationship and they have, I mean, this, just the general peace of mind and satisfaction and confidence that comes from like, not just being like distracted by a bunch of clutter. I, you know, I will say I also am like totally happy and fine with people who like want to keep their space exactly, you know, that are happy with like messes and quote unquote clutter. I don't want to like use that as a stigmatized word. Right. Um, I personally love it and I know a lot of people who have gotten a lot out of doing it for themselves. I mean, Marie Kondo just like completely like blew it open as like concept and idea. And I was waiting for one of us to bring her up. Yeah. Yeah. She, her book like got super popular at the exact same time that I started my business. So that was the timing was just unreal and so good. Because instead of like trying to fumble my way through describing what I do, I would just be like, do you know, have you heard of Marie Kondo? And they'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, that's what I do. And they'd be like, oh, so, um, and I still do that. Um, Do you feel that there's something uh, in your, and I don't know very much about the Enneagram yet, but is there something in mm -hmm. your Enneagram that you feel compliments that? Hmm. Or is it too, is it too abstracted? I think it's it's actually pretty different. Like mm-hmm. there are there are aspects of my personality that are like a uh, a dominant flavor of how I am and who I am as somebody who supports people in organizing their space and um, helping them. I mean, you know, to put it really frankly, let go of as much as possible. Like, yes. absolutely. I never tell anybody or force them. I mean, I couldn't, but to let go of anything, but you know, <laughs> less is less is really more like, mm-hmm. um, but you know, also kind of holding this idea of like focus on what you keep rather than what you go, let go of. Um, it's just sort of like an underlying philosophy, hmm. but I guess what I'm curious about is, yeah, I felt like you were asking something, but I wasn't answering it. What was I asking? I'm not, I mean, I don't, like, you were kind of asking, like, about my Enneagram type and how it relates to my work. Right. And I was just sort of, like, saying words, and it was word salad. No, it was good. It was good. It was good. (laughs) Good. I'm going to try to find a way to, like, dovetail this in. Yeah. The best word is so in this situation. So. (laughs) So, 
One thing I'm curious about is, and I don't want to like stir the pot, but is there anything about Mary Kondo? And you know, she has that Netflix show now. Mm-hmm. Is there anything about her method? Um, just I, not necessarily philosophy, but yeah, sure, philosophy too. That mm-hmm. you don't agree with, or mm-hmm. would maybe tweak a bit. Um, mm-hmm. For those who don't know, Mary Kondo is a very famous um, organizer from, I believe, Japan. Pretty sure, mm-hmm. and uh, she's delightful. I, I she's really inspired a lot of positive change, as you do with your business. Um, and she just happened to write a book about it, and I think it's like a best times, best times, a best times New York bestseller, <laughs> New York City. Anyway, New York. I, I I've had this stuck in my head all day. It's this quote from something. I don't know what it's. And the guy goes, New York City. Um, <laughs> Totally random. Uh, do you, how do you feel about, um, is there any way, I guess, that what you do is different and has a different f- um, approach? Mm-hmm. I mean, the approach yeah. is going to be unique to the personality of the person yeah. who's literally in your bedroom right now yeah. asking you, ma'am, what is this pile? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. Show title. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> it's quite good. <laughs> Oh, uh, maybe a part two to that. I don't want to, I don't want to overload you. There's, but part, there's some, I is know, that awkward of, for you? I, I know <laughs> of an organizer who used to work in the Bay area, like in the nineties before it was a thing. Mm. Uh, and I want to keep his identity private, yeah. but he would wear, he had a, his, his name is Bob business had a fantastic name mm. and, uh, not, not far off actually, but it's not Bob. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he wore a shirt that said "Obey me." He had a shirt that said "Obey me." Obey me. He would wear a shirt that would say "Obey me," <laughs> and I, you know, I can't. I probably can't swear on the show, but uh, he I just, try not to. But if a if a sure. really famous person swears, I'll leave it in. Mm, I'm not there yet, so no, give no, it a few years, and then I'll. Um, so, well. You could say I can't shit. Tell, we I, say shit on the show. I can't tell. Yeah. I can't tell the story without swearing. It's so. Uh, well, let's say tell the tell, tell the damn story. Well, he. What had happened was. So then, which what he? <laughs> there's some context that I also need to leave out, but uh, oh, because of the opsec, people figure out where he is. We so we we saw He's in this Union City. We so we saw a space uh, of somebody's that I'd who might helped do some organizing. And he said, wow, if I'd been here, I would have ripped you a new asshole. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, both of us, me and the person who I'd been organizing with our jaws dropped to the floor. And he addressed um, that to you or the client? Uh, to both of us, basically. No, he said he was saying to the client. Uh, wow. And, you know, I was like, Charming. yeah, that's a, that's a different approach. Um, <laughs> so I think about him, I think about him a lot. And his kind of organizing MO and mine is really different. I, I have a few like catchphrases and uh, I will push people a little when I feel like yeah, uh, it's kind of almost not exactly what they need necessarily, but what they want. They actually want to be pushed. But I feel like people don't want to be pushed. You know, they're just going to dig their heels in. So. <laughs> It almost reminds me of like the job of a really good bouncer. Like a good bouncer is not going to yell at you. He's he or she is not going mm-hmm. to use unnecessary force, but he or she may put their hand on the small of your back and 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 and, and walk with you in a direction and everything's okay if we're still walking in a certain direction. There's mm-hmm. there's there's such a thing as, you know, firm but gentle. And I feel yeah. that that might be the balance that you need to strike. You know, I did that recently with a longtime client who also happens to be a friend recently. And mm. eh, it was like somewhat successful. Mm-hmm. It's it just it, it depends on the person and the situation, I would say. Yeah. But I think it's useful to at least have that as a, a possible tool. And I've definitely gained right. kind of confidence in just being assertive in general and like honest where that that is a thing that I definitely struggle with, and that is certainly related to my Enneagram type mm-hmm. um, of not wanting to rock the boat or say anything that will make somebody mad at me because if they're mad, 
then, you know, they probably won't like me and so on and so forth. And so I'm always trying to get people to like me. And that's not necessarily what my clients need. They don't need me to be, you know, so. uh, This is is clearly not why we're friends at all. We don't have any similarities. (laughs) We don't have any similarities there. Nothing alike. Nothing Uh at all. Yeah. Uh Yeah. No, it's definitely a tool. It's definitely not a hammer. Every problem does not look like a nail. But if your, I imagine if your client is stating certain things and then you show up and then they start acting counter to their own goals. How do you do that? Some people aren't ready like it's how do you balance that firmness yeah well it's interesting like i really i have clients that are all over the spectrum like uh, just a few but i've gone to places where people i think were like had you know i wouldn't i don't call people hoarders but like they had hoarding tendencies (laughs) where like they couldn't let go of a single thing and Mm. so you know that that is pretty clearly like n- not a situation that where I can really help. Yeah. And I haven't found, I haven't felt like it was my place to say, you know, I would love to help you, but, mm-hmm. uh, well, you're I not a clinician. think that if you, if you, I'm not, uh, you know, and so what I would say is like what I would say, but just didn't feel like it was my place to was that like, if you, are really committed to changing your relationship to your stuff and have your space be and feel different. Like I recommend like therapy and to be in treatment yep. for this. Yep. And, um, because it's, it's an anxiety disorder and, um, I know a thing or two about those. So it's, that's one end of the spectrum where it's just like no amount of like force or, you know, anything else because I'm just not trained in that. Um, was going to help these folks. And then, you know, there's people who are kind of in the middle who like want it, but aren't really ready to let go of like getting Mm -hmm. more stuff or Mm -hmm. like do the hard work of like carving out time in their schedule to make sure that stuff gets put away. Like, you know, I can, we can let go of a bunch of stuff, make sure everything has a home and have systems for getting it together. Like those are kind of the basic steps of organizing for me um, in working with people. And Uh, there are, you know, just, there are folks who aren't, there are some changes they aren't willing to make. And from my perspective, without making those changes, like they're not really going to get that extra, like 10 or 20% of like really feeling great about it. Um, and there's people who are just so ready and just like need a buddy and somebody to take the bags away when we've let the stuff go. So those are like super satisfying and fun to work with. And I also still feel like it's really valuable for folks who are like not ready to go all the way, but we make like a first very important pass. Like, and then, you know, six months or a year later, they're like, Hey, like, would you mind coming back for some more organizing? And like, then we get there and it's like amazing. So it's just, I, I, I meet people where they're at, um, or do my best to. So had you, did you start this business like right after college? Were you in Wisconsin? That's where we met mm. in Wisconsin, where it gets very, mm-hmm. very cold. Um, but it's it's beautiful six months out of the year. And I'm curious when exactly, because I left for a while and then, you know, we stayed in touch. How did that begin? Was it was it in, I mean, a lot of people who are first time business owners. I hate to use the word entrepreneur because it's really overused these days. Um, mm-hmm. they, they used to just call it a business owner. Now everybody's got to be. Call them, yeah, I call myself a small business. A serial, yeah, serial entrepreneur. Like so much of the valley, they love that phrase. It's so funny. Um, was that how? Was it something where you just sort of leaned into it and and you got clients, or was it something where there was one day where you mm-hmm. went, okay, I'm? And I recall when you picked your name. And you were in California for that. And it was very exciting. Yeah. But you were doing it before that, right? I was, yeah. I was using a different name. Oh, right. What was that? I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> so dorky. It was Regeneration Organizing with oh, a J. That's, that's Regeneration not, that's with not, a J. Not terrible. It's not terrible, it's but I did. I never loved it. Mm-hmm. It was It was just a working name because I had to have something. Mm-hmm. And I was so delighted when I came up with my, my business name. 
Do you see what you're doing as kind of a metaphor for giving people clarity in a way on their life path? Is that a weird question? <laughs> no, I, I really do. I mean, I, I, I honestly genuinely don't have like a, a core kind of feeling around like I'm saving the world through organizing. I don't. It's like, I love being a small business owner. I enjoy organizing and I'm like, it's so satisfying to support people in this way. Um, and you know, I, I really feel like I have some, something valuable to share around it. Absolutely. And, but I don't, it's, it's just, it's just a medium and like the, but uh, to speak to what you're saying, um, like the the message i would say is definitely about growth it's about like getting clear on what you want what you don't want who you want to be mm-hmm. and what you want to surround you um in support of that and i just am so sensitive to physical spaces mm-hmm. and uh, and my surroundings that you know i, I think everybody is but i'm re- really really in tune with it and one thing that I've definitely like has been a growth edge for me is like listening to what somebody else's vision is and like helping them create that. Maybe like showing them parts where I think that something could be like a little different and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. There's a lot of like play and experimentation in it. Um, but rather than just me being like, okay, this is my idea for your space. It's like, what's your, what do you want this to be? Who do you want to be rather than just like, being controlling which Mm. is actually kind of uh um a go-to for me like you know i'm I'm very nice but i have a lot of like (laughs) i have ideas and i think they're often good and so i've really i've learned to listen passionate and and convicted about your ideas was that something (laughs) and and that comes back around to like the yin listening that that i mentioned earlier is like was that something that you had to realize after yes. having a few clients like mm-hmm. oh this is this is like mm-hmm. their space obviously but yeah. when you really get that and you go yeah oh this is like sacred exactly that's exactly it and interestingly i actually like that wasn't the first step the first step was finding my voice and then the second step was learning to listen <laughs> um right. so it's been i've you know i've grown so much through the last mm-hmm. i guess it's been about 4 years of this business it feels like way longer, but um, <laughs> it started about about four years ago. I I had the idea for it five years ago, and then I took a job at a school, and I worked at a school, and I loved the work, and I hated being employed. I just felt like I was drowning, <laughs> um, and I was like, I have to work for myself. What can I do that I could possibly make money at and not have to go back to school for right away mm-hmm. um, to, you know? to be able to support myself and so um that oh i guess you asked the question of did i do it right after college and the answer is no i did it in college i had one client in college Mm -hmm. and i didn't even realize that that's what i was doing honestly (laughs) um and then i lived in dc for a year after i graduated Mm -hmm. um and just was like pretty lost you know i worked in coffee shops and nannied and um then came out to California for a counselor training program that uh, had a lot of like personal growth aspects to it because <laughs> I've long wondered or felt kind of drawn to that field and um, still, you know, just had odd jobs and then landed this, this great gig at a school and got excited about working with kids. I always had, but like nannying is just really different than like, Oh yeah. You know, Working in a school, I wasn't a teacher, but I was an assistant and did teach some classes. Um, I subbed, and um, it was it was fabulous. And I was really committed to working for myself. Um, and you know, that's a yeah. theme this show has. I think I've only interviewed people who have their own business so far, mm. or, or 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 are doing their own business part time, because mm-hmm. um, I like attracts like, I guess, and. <laughs> um, the, the, Thank that. Thank you for that. I mean, there's two things I'd love to go into, which is like, what about working for someone? And you were doing something. It sounds like you were pretty in alignment with your work. Absolutely, you enjoyed it. But what about working for someone 
wasn't a great match for you. And also, mm-hmm. do you want to talk about interchange? And maybe we should put it in the after show just for Patreon people because I'd love to do mm. some juicy crap that happened with that. We I, that sounds like a perfect after show <laughs> bit, definitely. Patron definitely members only. an after show. Five dollars yeah. and up. Oh, Thanks man. for your support. Because <laughs> there's some pretty crazy stuff that. Uh, yeah. Because Interchange is a very, was a, he taught some really good stuff and there were some personalities in that organization. Is it fair to say, I think it's per, public knowledge that there were some personalities in that organization that were a little strange. Uh, it attracted a very diverse um, and eccentric uh, counselor base. Because Interchange, people don't know, so Interchange kind of, the website still exists. Yep. And they were, they were teaching people, how would you characterize, because this is part of your story. Interchange, yeah. I would say, is an important chapter in your story. Significant. How would you characterize what they teach? Hmm. Well, I would say that it was part counselor training and part personal growth. It was how do you sit with yourself and other people in a way that facilitates change and transformation? And... Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was a 10-month program. It was one intensive weekend every month. There were modules. It was very, like, kind of built on each other. And there were, it was super experiential. You know, there were a lot of lectures. The guy that ran it, his name's Steve. Um, he studied a lot of different modalities of training. Definitely um, cherry-picked a lot of stuff. Um, and uh, there's another much older program called landmark that came out of something called est um, i and just I think, had somebody recommend landmark to me for the thousandth time oh so funny yeah it's yeah, all right she, you know. she, she likes it a lot we'll see a lot of people like it uh yeah. it was okay i i'm glad i did it but uh, i can't Wait, rave did about you do it landmark too i did i did it after interchange and I honestly, there was some, there was something that I really liked about it where it felt kind of like the missing piece of interchange where it was like, there was a ton of accountability. Like, and that is, that was something that I felt like interchange lacked where at the end, like, you know, maybe this is just projection, but I felt like people still were kind of in a victimy place in their struggles. Um, mm. and like a disempowerment, not everybody, but like there was a general feeling of that. And, uh, landmark can really hold your feet to the fire, but I have a, a just, you know, a show's worth of criticism, um, for the organization and, um, which is not to say that I don't think people should do it. It was valuable, but, um, it ain't perfect. <laughs> it's a long story. Maybe we'll get to that in the, yeah. in the after show where we talk yeah. about crew, crew, crazy, crazy things that went down. Oh yeah. But, All the cults um, I've been in. Oh, see, but here's the thing. <laughs> I would have totally lived in Osho's cult in Oregon. It seemed so interesting. And then the problem was that lady took over. Everybody should watch Wild Wild Country. Yeah, I, I haven't seen I, it. I think both of us have as an abiding interest in cults and the way that they, especially the unique way that they can thrive in the United States. Mm-hmm. I, I do feel that I, I don't know what it is, but they, they thrive in a very special way in America and not to say they don't in other places too, but something about uh, a cult like leader or mindset being mixed with the individualism and often yeah. uh, self I think capitalism is part of, it. of American yep. culture. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like you, more, yeah. You, like you said most of the things I would on say a dumpster that. fire. <laughs> Sorry. Pretty special. Yeah. I mean, you just, you said most of the things that I would say really majorly contribute to it's, our it's like special, special brand of cultism here. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. So what was my part A of that question? I can't remember anymore. <laughs> we got Something, distracted by cults. I, the last thing I remember main topic was about organizing. Um, but I don't remember how all these things tied oh, in. Oh, I asked you. Um... Oh, right. So I went to DC and then I came here doing odd jobs. I came here to do interchange. That's how I made it to the Bay. And then I decided that, uh, oh, and then I landed this job, like totally out of the blue. And it was fantastic. Oh, it was the most money I'd ever made. Yeah, entrepreneurship. So, so what I don't 
you know, what just didn't sit right with me about being employed, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. Having a boss. Uh, I remember I made a vision board and I had this thing on it that said, I love my boss. And in parentheses, it said, I'm (laughs) self-employed. Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, I can see my vision board right now. I'm looking at it. It's pinned up in my closet. Oh, if you you feel comfortable, I'd love a photo for that, for the, just that part at least for the show notes. I think people would get a kick. I, I think they would. It's so reflective of my personality. I like, I really like it. And it's, it's pretty funny to look at. And you're like, wow, this woman has issues. Um, like it's, I, it's, I don't it's, think that means you have issues. It means no, no, that you it's, know your it's boundaries. Stunning. It's stunning. Yeah. It's a work of art. That's what I would say about it. Um, yeah, I'll get you a picture. Um, I need to make a and new honestly, I loved the people I worked for. I respected them. I learned so much from them. They were like empathetic and warm and good communicators. Um, and yet, you know, and that's where I was like, okay, there's something about me. It's not like, and honestly, I think it's true for a, I think it's true for a lot of people. Like, I think a lot of people don't like having a boss, um, but they don't feel like they have a choice around it. And I wanted to find out if I did. And um, so they're not willing to make the, the compromises that it takes, not compromise. They're not willing to fully embrace the reality of being your own boss. Cause there's definitely downsides to that too. Like, you know, there's, if we can say shit, please. Yeah. It's still work. You know, there's, uh, I have a, a mentor, a family member, a dear uncle who once told me that there's a shit factor to every job. And mm-hmm. that really like stuck with me where I was like, oh, I don't have to love every minute of it because I don't love every minute of it doesn't mean it's the wrong thing. It's just like, you know, I, I had like a an upbringing where like people told me I could do whatever I wanted to do and it was very supportive and like the real world was kind of more harsh than that. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? And then I was like, I'm not doing anything wrong. (laughs) It's just like, this is the real world. And, um, so now that I don't think I have to love everything about my job, I can really enjoy the parts that I do and just kind of like suck it up with the rest of them. And cause you know, I don't love like a lot of the admin stuff. I love the work. I don't love like schlepping stuff to um, goodwill, (laughs) honestly. Um, But there Mm. are, but it's like, it's, there are choices around it. Like I could definitely have a go-to person to like come pick up stuff, but like, I don't actually want to work with other people. Um, It's like, I love the simplicity of what I'm doing. And that's why like, I can tell that I don't want to keep doing this long-term because if I want growth, I have to hire people and I don't want to like, I, um, I love that I'm self-sufficient. Um, and just can certainly call on people. You know, I'm kind of like a contractor. It's like, I've got tons of, um, referrals for people and like, here's the handy person. Here's the cleaner. Like, this is where you take your, this, that, and the other thing. Um, so, you know, sometimes I have people, I let them like, I'll take stuff to the e-waste and the dump and the this and the that. But, um, you know, just as, as part of my service, I offer like one free like drop off to one place every time. But before I was taking things to five different places and, you know, I learned, I just learned a lot about boundaries and what I was available for, had energy for, was willing to do. Um, and that's been incredibly valuable uh, in the rest of my life too. So uh, yeah, but I just, I didn't like having a boss. And wow. so I looked around at my skills and I landed on this one. Um, and here I am. Yeah. It was a huge part of it was like not feeling like I had control over my time where mm-hmm. I just wanted, you know, I was like, I will work every day if I choose to, but I'm not choosing to, I'm being told be here at this time and you can leave at this time. And I just didn't work for me. Um, it sounds, honestly, it's like, it's kind of, it's, it's a privileged thing to have been able to make that choice and to be able to walk away from yeah. work. I mean, I, I still, I worked part-time while I built the business. Um, mm-hmm. I nannied. Um, and so that kind of paid the bills while I was like figuring out how to charge people money and how to take it and how to pay my taxes and who I wanted <laughs> to work with and who was willing to work with me. And very much non-trivial learning curves. Yeah. 
yeah Very and then you know, I mean, but i got i got so lucky like i had this incredible i made a friend uh and that friend hooked me up with somebody who was a business coach and built websites and i traded organizing their office for business coaching and a website and that's the reason that my business is what it is today um you know i might have failed without that and interchange wow. was kind of like a built-in client base People found out that I was doing organizing and I got like, you know, 10 or 15 clients right off the bat. And that just kind of, I rolled with that for like a year. And after that, I joined a wow. networking group. I joined a networking group because my business That's coach BNI, right? slash friend, BNI. Uh, and BNI yeah. is a huge part of my life BNI. now. They're not paying for yeah. sponsorship, but they should. <laughs> no. And it's such a cool time to be involved with BNI right now. They're doing everything on Zoom. They're like, yep. you know, doing a different like fee and payment structure. And it's just like about building relationships and their philosophy is givers gain. So like the more you give, you the get, more you, you, get. What you give. Yeah. And it's, but it's like really focused on giving and like it really comes back around and that's, I'm not organizing right now, but I have a job, an online gig that I got through BNI. And so it's just, it's just so wonderful. It feels like a professional family of people that just like, you know, have your back and want to see your business thrive. So. And that's business networking international. I think that's BNI.com. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure it's BNI. My, my browser is trying right now. It um, might be. Yeah, that sounds right. And it's, it's a, it's a fascinating organization and they have, I'm, I'm currently in Hilo on the big island of Hawaii and there's a group here and, uh, it's, it seems like a nice way to network with, uh, you know, when you, when you're an entrepreneur, I said, I wasn't going to use that word when you're, when you own your own <laughs> business and you're, I don't know about you under the age of 35 and then you actually go to a business networking event, uh, nobody else will identify with this except for me. You go into a room and you're like, oh, these are like grown-ups, like real yeah. grown-ups who have like a 401k. I mean, I, there's a di there's definite, yeah, it's BNI.com. There's a definite generational feeling difference that that can happen. I felt and that I so deeply a, the first yeah, time I went to I a meeting. It's really good to be exposed to that, though, because it encourages it you huge. to grow. Yeah, I've grown so much through it as a person and as a business owner. Yeah, I feel legit now. I don't feel like a grown-up, but I feel legit. So, <laughs> what does that happen uh, for us? People I have born no in the idea. 80s and 90s, what are we going to do? I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I wonder. I kind of feel like I'll hit 35. Well, you know, mm -hmm. I might be in grad school then, and I don't know if I'll feel like an adult when I'm in grad school. I don't know. I'll get back to you. I'll let you know. I'll te I'll well, definitely text you. The moment it happens, I'm going to text you. And yeah. I say, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. Oh, sing it, sister. Yeah. I mean, I, likewise. Yeah. Likewise. <laughs> but I feel like both of us maybe have just a, just a drop of like Peter Pan syndrome of like, I don't actually want to grow up. I want to be like mm. mature. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I do. I really do. Actually, I want to grow what up. But I don't know if I want to be... Like I, I do, I actually do want to be an adult. I want to be like, like, uh, I, I don't think it necessarily means that you are like boring and, or as good as dead. I think it's like, Oh no, no, no at all. I, I think it's like a, a stage of, um, development that's actually kind of rare. Like, I think a lot of people who are of <laughs> the age are not necessarily what I would consider adults. Oh, um, I know very few. I don't want to say, I don't want to speak ill. Um, mm. I think it's cultural. Yeah. I think what it means to be a grown up on this island compared to what it means mm. to be a grown up in California are really different. But the, when you think of the, like, the, oh, a grown up, like someone who owns a house and, and has a fence that they really care about. You know, and and and, and like a, maybe a pension, and I, I just wonder how much of that is cultural and how much of that is generational. I think that what we associate with being a grown up is going to change, um, partly, frankly, as 
as uh, people, the culture around being in your 20s has changed quite a bit. I mean, 50 mm-hmm. years ago, if you didn't have a kid in your 20s, um, you were either sterile or crazy. Seems to be. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, everybody got married when they were like 22, plus or minus four years back in back in the day and then 50s and 60s and so the culture is always shifting it's it's intriguing to me yeah it doesn't necessarily mean what it used to um but no i do i do think that there's something about like taking responsibility for all of Mm -hmm. all of yourself and your life and that to me is Mm -hmm. what it means to be an adult and like 100 percent responsibility for everything in your life yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah simple yeah. and elegant. And uh, I'm, I feel like I'm well on my way. <laughs> in terms of taking responsibility for your life, there was a mm-hmm. point in your life where you left Wisconsin, which is mm-hmm. still a state that I love and couldn't live in for a long term again. Do you, uh, do you see that as, you know, what allowed you to move 2,000 miles was that connected and interrelated at all when I went from from DC to California that's right you were in DC first I apologize mm-hmm. but yeah even going oh, no, to no, DC yeah. in the first place well so I moved to DC um because I was in a relationship with somebody who wanted to move there and I didn't have plans um I had family there I was curious about it and so right. it was kind of like what have I got to lose? But that's a big um, leap of faith. It was, you know, I, I was really, I was committed to that relationship and it was an exciting adventure. So, uh, that was, <laughs> that was an interesting time in my life. Um, and I, I, there, I miss it a lot. I really like to see, uh, yeah. parts of it anyway. I'm not yeah. sad that I don't live there right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I came to California because I was trying to take responsibility for myself, I would say. Yeah. Um, and I continue to, to try to do that. I think when I notice that, um, I'm unhappy, I'm like, okay, like how am I creating this? Um, and you know, it's, I wish the process was faster. You know, as soon as I realized it, I could make a change (laughs) and I would feel better. It's a little slower than that uh in currently anyway but i think you know the better you get at it the more quickly you can make a shift and um well i'm sure we both know people who are in their 50s and 60s who still blame their uh entire life on other people and and Uh of course the problem with that is that you're giving your power away whenever you blame for anything even if you feel like it's justified you know and sometimes you know if someone comes along and you know punches you in the in the face you know yeah you can blame them for punching the face but Uh but you're still kind of you're you're still in some way giving your power away to the situation going like well Uh i'm now this is how my life is because of this incident yeah, we you know, I have that opportunity yeah. to reclaim power. Yeah. Yep, that's a lesson for sure. I could say that for like what happened last weekend when my car got broken into. Like I was feeling I was feeling pretty sorry for myself and crappy and I was like mm-hmm. I just want to feel bad like for a little while, like just give me that. And it was fine, you know, I really I couldn't like shift my feelings around it immediately. Um but I think as soon as I was like, right, like I wish that hadn't happened. I wish, yeah. you know, those people hadn't broken into my car and taken my stuff. Um, and like now I will be more vigilant in the future. And it's, it was an expensive lesson. And yeah, at least it didn't uh, take your phone, right? No, I had that with me and I was so grateful for That's, that. My phone yeah. and my car key were, were with me when I was hiking. So it could definitely have been worse. But there's so many emotions that come up with that. You probably felt violated. Mm-hmm. You probably I felt did. afraid to be there in the future. You, you, I did. You, I felt you, all those things. Huh. And they have my ID yeah. so they could find my house if they wanted to. Yeah. yeah, it felt bad. And so, you know, but I, another thing that I've sort of learned on my journey is like letting myself feel the feelings uh, oh, yeah. is definitely like the the only thing to do. 
Um, mm-hmm. And uh, <sighs> so I just sat with it and like let the thoughts come and worked on not being too attached to any of them. Kind of was like <laughs> held loving space. Did I mean you know? It reminds me of a Ram Dass quote. You know, he's saying like, "Be mm-hmm. with the changes." be with the changes you know being being yeah uh yeah, be being present robbed. for them like kind of kind of witness that yeah yeah is is a change <laughs> i didn't even hadn't even really made that connection before be with the changes at the same moment you, you, he says mm-hmm. cultivate equanimity spaciousness awareness emptiness and clarity mm. and there's so there. much like power and creativity that comes from that space i think mm-hmm. um there's like being present and meeting things like what is, you know, I've spent a lot of time like withholding and hiding and that just mm. like brings the energy of like almost like deadness to my life. And the more mm. I'm willing to just like kind of face things and not come at them with energy of like, this shouldn't be, I'm like, Oh, this is what is like, what am I going to do about it? That sounds like uh, something that Goenka would say in Vipassana. He would say, um, you know, looking at something, I think it's like um, Yatabuta. Oh, I don't remember the Pali, but he would say, like, as it is, looking at something as it is, is something that's mm-hmm. a, a big tenet, yeah, mm-hmm. of, of many spiritual traditions. But mm-hmm. it, what you're saying really much, very much reminds me of the Vipassana. And um, mm-hmm. it seems like that's kind of what your journey has been about. You know, you're, you're it really has that <laughs> clarity yeah. and, and taking responsibility. When you take responsibility for your life, you also naturally take responsibility for your space. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you do. I think, I think so. Um, I, 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 so I, I so have this, this like part that kind of comes up right away in talking about that where I don't know, I, maybe it's just, this is, I'm a two. <laughs> geez, geez. but I want to oh, be like two. that's why she's such a two yeah. um and I want to say that like I don't there's nothing wrong with not being tidy but I love it so we should start to wrap up and then go on the secret mm-hmm. after show which you can get cool. for for a deal if people I want to work with you or look into what you're doing. I know you do some mm-hmm. things remotely now. I do. Um, I don't know exactly what you're offering. Um, what mm-hmm. do you offer remotely? Yeah, it's, it's basically like... People should check uh-huh. out Go Lightly Organizing, first of all. Golightly.com. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, Go, go, go Lightly Organizing.com. Mm-hmm. And Go Lightly Styling is um, in the works. So what do you offer remotely right now if people are interested in working with you? Mm-hmm. So what I've done um, with a few people is we basically have a a Zoom meeting um, and they show me around their space with their phone. Uh, And, you know, it can be really quick. It can be just like a consultation and we kind of make a plan. And I, you know, whatever level of engagement somebody wants from me, like, do we want daily check-ins? Do they want us to schedule things? Um where either I'm on Zoom with them, helping them organize, or they block off time to do it themselves. Um, so, you know, it can be a consultation all the way from, all the way to um, being on Zoom for a couple of hours while they sit and pull stuff, you know, out of their dresser, out of their cabinets, um, <laughs> and talk through stuff with me. You know, I'm doing it at a lower rate than I normally would because they don't have my physical body, my hands to help. Um, I mean, it's it kind of, it's pretty valuable to have a second pair of hands. And then, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to their house to take the bags away to donate them. And this um, lamp and this chair, yeah. and that's all yeah. I need. Yeah. yeah. This is single. What is it? Look at the moon. It's the only spice you need. Oh yeah. The best article yeah. on the internet. Yeah, it is. You should throw away all your, yeah. Yeah, I I really like genuinely love um, helping people reclaim their spaces um, and make space for the things that really matter to them. And uh, I miss it a lot. So if anybody's yeah. interested in doing that kind of work and feel like they've got a little time, 
they're spending a lot of time at home. Maybe their like home office desk is uh, not exactly in the shape that would be most conducive of uh, calm, ease, and productivity. Like, just drop me a line. You can chat. Highly recommended. She's got so many great uh, glowing reviews on Yelp as well and on the website. Find her on the internet. GoLightlyOrganizing.com. Except mm-hmm. no substitutes. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to do a little bit of an after show, but uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show, Jennifer. If you're interested in the after show where we talk about um, uh, some more personal aspects of interchange and um, we might even talk about the great... I'll, put, I'll probably put my favorite article on the internet about uh, how frozen chairs are... Chairs are frozen <laughs> emotions. I'm just going to put mm-hmm. that in the show notes. I'm not even going to explain it. You should just read it because yeah. it's the it's, funniest it's thing. It's important. It's, it's really important. Um, and It'll you, help you be more organized. And um, <laughs> well, it's, you know, laughter is the need, best medicine. <laughs> all you need is a single smooth stone that reminds you of your mother. Of your mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got that memorized. It's very important. Yeah. It's um, important. And if people are interested in the after shows and all the things, I give away a lot of free things on my Patreon. It's Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash Hello Crusoe, which is my Instagram, my Twitter. It's Hello C R U S O E. And every dollar goes to spreading, spreading the love and spreading the work uh, that I'm doing with the books and the tropical sci-fi and going outside your comfort zone and growing as a human being. And I've been really lucky. I picked up uh, some new supporters this month and I, yeah, it's, it's such a wonderful, beautiful community. I, I really appreciate the comments that happen over there. So if you are a supporter already, thank you so, so, so much. You know who you are. And, um, yeah, if you could, so, so if you could leave, uh, our beautiful listeners with anything, um, what would you leave them with? No pressure. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, I want to thank you for inviting me on your show. It was so such a blast to talk to you. It's so, so, so fun every time. And I so appreciate you spreading the love and positivity and just like fun with growth. Mm-hmm. Like your books are wonderful. You're wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm just like such a two. Um, <laughs> but this is what we do. And, um, and for anybody who's listening, um. Hmm. B, uh, throw out the pile of paper that you have. It's three feet tall. Yeah, Jennifer just, can help. Just, Jennifer can help. I with mean, that. yeah, the recycling <laughs> or shred for sure. I mean, ideally, if it weren't so bad for the environment, I would say torch the thing. Um, but we don't really need any particulates <laughs> in the air. It's so good already that, you know, we're not burning as many fossil fuels right now. A silver lining with this whole situation. Oh my um, God, yeah. Yeah, just let it go. Let it go. Mm-hmm. And if you need the help of Idina Menzel, um, you can put on the Frozen song. Um, and... You need the help of a what, sorry? Idina Menzel. She uh, played Elsa Idina in Frozen. Menzel. She's in uh, Wicked. Right, yeah, right, she's got an incredible right. voice. Amazing pipes. Uh, yeah. It's like Florence situation. No, mm-hmm. thank you mm-hmm. so much. Thank you so much for being on, Jennifer. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like we've only scratched the surface. And uh, this was kind of a, this was a kind of different different kind of feel, which I was I was hoping and, 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 and looking forward to. And, you know, it's different. Obviously, it's different. Every different person brings uh, their own unique, beautiful energy. And thank you so much for for sharing and letting us get a glimpse into your glimpse into your reality. It's my great pleasure. Yeah. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna do 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 do. do, do, do.